Hello CBF. It's a privilege to look at God's words together. Today we are going to look at the life of a person who had a very interesting nickname. Uh, many of us have uh, grown up with nicknames. Uh, some of them sweet, some not so. Uh, some of us are still called by some of those nicknames in CBF as well. Um, when I was growing up, uh, my mom used to sometimes uh, use a short form of my name as a nickname. She used to uh, say J. Uh, and there was this one uncle who used to, uh, you know, make uh, fun of my name and uh, call me Jerry Blossom. So, you know, people keep different types of nicknames, but these are the good ones. Uh, sometimes things can get nasty. Uh, sometimes people, you know, call you nicknames uh, depending on how you look how tall you are, how short you are, or uh, uh, even worse, your size. Um, but just think about this. What if you were, a given, you were given a nickname based on how you behave with others, based on how you treat others? What would be your nickname? What would people call you if they were to give you a name basis how you interact with them? Let's look at a person in the Bible who got a nickname cause of the kind of person that he was. And let's see what the Lord wants to teach us through his life. The name his parents gave him was Joseph. But people started calling him another name because there was something in his behavior that really stood out for them. This is where if uh, we were in person, I would ask you to guess the name. Uh, and I'm sure many of you would have already guessed by now. We read about this person for the first time in Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. Shall we all uh, turn together to Acts chapter 4 verse 36. Joseph a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas, son of of encouragement. What a beautiful nickname to be given and that too by your leaders, you know, name given by people who look at your life so closely, who watch your conduct so closely. Encouragement would have just shown through the life of this person Joseph in such a clear and obvious way. You know, it was the most prominent thing about him. And uh, maybe even compared to everybody around him, uh, this one person stood out when it came to this character quality of encouragement. And people would have spoken about Joseph behind his back so many times, you know, and said that, uh, look, this is a person who is really encouraging. I can imagine a conversation among the apostles, uh, you know, maybe Peter and Matthew having a conversation and Peter must have. Uh, for something, you know, turned towards Matthew and said that, uh, uh, Hey, do you uh, know of Joseph? Matthew would have said that, uh, which Joseph are you talking about? Uh, I know, uh, you know, a couple of hundred Josephs. Uh, Peter would have uh, said that, no, the one who's a Levite. And uh, Matthew must have said that, uh, okay, that brings it down to maybe at least about 50 Josephs that I know. He said, no, no, the one who is from Cyprus. Again, Matthew would have said that uh, that's still, you know, maybe about 10-15 Josephs that I know who are Levites and who are from Cyprus. And then uh, Peter would have said, no, the one who is always encouraging. 
that's when Matthew's eyes would have lit up and said that, yeah, I know him. You know, I know exactly the one that you're talking about. You should have said that uh, first because there's only one of those. There's only one such person who is an encourager. Uh, it became the way people identified uh, Joseph and that's the name that stuck with him so much that wherever he's mentioned after Acts chapter 4, it's with his new name, Barnabas, son of encouragement, the encourager. Now God's word instructs us to encourage others. Yeah, It's not just a suggestion, but it's a command. Shall we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one another and build each other up. This is a behavioral quality that the Lord expects from each of us. We might feel that to encourage someone is to just appreciate someone and that's where it ends. But there is so much more to it. As we will see from the life of uh, Barnabas, uh, encouragement is not just about saying a few sweet words. There's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, the first time that we see Barnabas, uh, like we read, was in Acts chapter 4. And uh, when we get to uh, the next verse, verse 37, it says that he sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, Joseph was a Levite, right? He was from a tribe that would perform temple duties and we could assume that he would not have been very rich because also the Lord had commanded uh, the people of Israel to take care of the Levites financially and for all their material needs. Uh, in Numbers 18, 21, we read about how the Lord had asked the Israelites to give tithes which could be used to take care of the Levites. In Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 19, uh, the Israelites were told to take care of the Levites as long as they live. Uh, so Joseph could have or Barnabas could have thought that I have lesser than others uh, and I am a Levite. Others ought to take care of me. But he did not think like that. When he saw his brothers in need, he gave from what the Lord had given him. Barnabas was a faithful steward because he did not act like he owned the field. Right? Although it uses the word there. In verse 37, he sold a field he owned, but that's not how Barnabas acted. He did not act as if that belonged to him. Right? He in fact acted like the Macedonian church uh, behaved. Uh, and Paul comments them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2, where he says that their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. Can you think about that? How can extreme poverty well up in generosity? Well, that's what we see even in the life of Barnabas. Perhaps not a man of much means, but whatever he had, he joyfully, you know, it was with overflowing joy that he brings that and puts at the apostles' feet. Because he knew that if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? 
1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. So when Barnabas saw that his brothers were in need in verse 32, no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything that they had. So Barnabas was one among those when he saw that his brothers had need, he gave from whatever the Lord had given him. He was a faithful steward. He did not act like he owned those things, but he knew that he was just a steward of those things as we were also being reminded in the session uh, yesterday, uh, uh, sorry, last Sunday that we are merely stewards of what God has given us and not owners. Uh, Barnabas could do this because he was holding on to his possessions lightly and he knew that the Lord could multiply his offering. Are we holding on to our possessions lightly or tightly? Uh, after that, the story of Acts goes into uh, many other areas. And then finally, Barnabas comes back into the scenes in Acts chapter 9. And uh, this is a little after Saul comes to know the Lord. Uh, and in Acts chapter 9 verse 26 to 28, uh, we'll just quickly look at that portion, Acts 9, 26 to 28. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. This is talking about Apostle uh, Saul uh, at that time. But they were all afraid of him not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Saul had just turned 180 degrees from a fire-spewing uh, persecutor into a firebrand preacher in Damascus. Uh, but the believers in Jerusalem, and when Saul flees from Damascus and comes to, comes to Jerusalem, the believers in Jerusalem are not willing to accept him. Uh, they doubt his faith. Uh, they're not very sure what his intentions are. Uh, and Saul would have felt like a complete outsider. You know, just try to imagine... Uh, this new believer who has just turned uh, a complete leaf and uh, who is now uh, full of zeal for the Lord and with that excitement would have come back to Jerusalem uh, to meet all the believers there uh, but is not getting accepted how he would have felt. Uh, he would have felt that he is still being judged by his past. He would have felt that his genuineness and the genuineness of his conversion, the genuineness of his faith is being questioned. Uh, the beautiful thing though is in verse 27, but Barnabas, you know, he steps in, Barnabas steps in uh, to bring both sides together, right? To bring Saul and the disciples of Jerusalem together. It's not as if the disciples of Jerusalem were doing this out of malice. It was just ignorance, uh, misunderstanding and perhaps uh, being overly cautious. But the result of their, uh, of, their, um, of, of their behavior was that a newborn child of God was left standing outside. Uh, you know, he was trying to get inside. It says in verse 26, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. Uh, Barnabas 
steps in as a as someone who is a conflict resolver as someone who brings these people together and draws Saul into the fellowship and 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 brings him into unite uh, into unity with God's people and it sounds effortless but uh, was it like that no because if you just think about it what would have differentiated Barnabas from the rest of the disciples at Jerusalem he took the effort to find out about Saul the others did not go down that length but Barnabas would have spent time with Saul would have checked out about Saul from the believers of Damascus maybe he would have asked uh, Ananias who had interacted with Saul but uh, definitely Barnabas spent time uh, finding out details because in verse 27 uh, when he goes and speaks to the apostles he is able to give so much detail about uh, the experience that Saul had with the Lord and how the Lord had been using him See, encouragement is not about just blindly believing some, someone and, and giving some platitudes. When the Lord asks us to encourage each other, it needs to be genuine. So therefore, we'll have to put in effort to spend time with people. We'll have to put in effort to know about their lives, uh, about where they were in their journey with the Lord. Where are they now? how far the Lord has brought them, what are the experiences that the Lord has taken them through, what is the Lord currently doing in their lives. And then from that real and genuine understanding of a person, we'll be really able to uh, give them the right kind of encouragement because we'll then understand what do they really need right now, what kind of help, what kind of encouragement do they really need. If it is some financial physical help then that's what we will provide if it is uh, you know that they are not feeling part of the fellowship and, and, they, and they are they're feeling left out then that's what we will do um, but here's the beautiful result in verse 28 the result of what Barnabas did uh, so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem Saul stayed with them can you just imagine that from someone who was uh, on the outside trying to join the disciples now he is staying with them they just took him uh, you know he was taken into their homes literally and he was staying with them the believers would now you know end up becoming such an encouragement to Saul and Saul would have ended up becoming an encouragement to them in return as well you know what a beautiful chain reaction of the step of encouragement that Barnabas took that now there is unity, there is fellowship and this new believer is being taken care of and he in turn is uh, becoming a reason of blessing to the community there uh, of believers and also uh, to the larger group there who start hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ through him. Um, we see another incident where, uh, uh, where Barnabas does the same thing. In Acts chapter 11 verse 19 to 24 uh, this is the context where uh, after Stephen was uh, stoned to death and there was persecution and the uh, the disciples from Jerusalem you know got scattered and they uh, went to all the other surrounding areas um, in verse 20 some of them 
However, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. Till this time, uh, salvation had reached only the Jews, only uh, the, the, the Jewish people had come to know about the Lord. But now it has reached the Greeks as well, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So at this time when, uh, uh, when this new group of believers, you know, the Gentiles and the Greeks are getting saved, uh, the apostles wanted to check if this was really true, if what was happening was genuine. And uh, who did they choose? You know, they would have thought, okay, who can we choose, uh, you know, a person who is a good man, a person who is full of the Holy Spirit, a person who is full of faith, uh, a person who would not uh, jump to conclusions, who would not judge uh, without actually going and seeing the situation and, uh, uh, and really, you know, understanding uh, what has happened there and, and seeing some evidence of what has happened there. And they choose Barnabas and he goes uh, in verse 23 when he arrived and saw the evidence. Uh, so he did not jump to conclusions. He did not uh, make assumptions about the situation or about the people there. But Barnabas took out time and effort to really see the evidence of what was happening, to see it for himself. And the beautiful thing again there is that uh, he is not legalistic about things. Uh, when everyone else was stuck about salvation, about this understanding that salvation is uh, only for the Jews, uh, Barnabas went and he found that the grace of God had reached the Greeks in verse 23 and he was glad. He was glad. And therefore, he could encourage them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Right? Um, this person who did not jump to conclusions, who did not judge, but who took the time, right, both in the case of Saul as well as in the case of these new believers at Antioch, who took the time to really understand, uh, you know, what had happened, uh, what, uh, what were these new believers going through, and then, uh, you know, he ended up encouraging them. Uh, and the result, again in verse 24, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. A great number of people were brought to the Lord. Uh, such a beautiful thing. And, and there's again another incident where, uh, 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 you know, again, there is confusion about uh, what rituals, what Jewish rit rituals uh, the new believers uh, ought to follow. And um, again, the apostles sent uh, Barnabas along with few others with a very encouraging message uh, and we read that in Acts chapter 15 verse 22 onwards uh, right up till verse 31 uh, and Barnabas uh, in that uh, incident becomes the channel of an encouraging message that reaches the people there uh, and again you know just helping people come back into fellowship helping the unity of believers. Uh, the encourager, a person who is willing to share uh, whatever he has and a person who is willing to make an extra effort to, to do what it takes to really help uh, people come together in true and genuine 
fellowship. Then we see in Acts chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, you know, in that same incident of uh, the church at Antioch, you know, these new believers who had come there, uh, Barnabas had uh, what had been sent there to just check on whether the uh, whether this news about conversion was genuine or not. But look at what he does when he goes there and when he realizes the need that is there, when he understands that uh, genuinely these believers, uh, you know, these are uh, uh, Gentiles who have been saved recently and he understands this, that there is a need for them to really understand God's word and to grow in him and look at what he does. Uh, verse 25 uh, onwards of chapter 11. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So Barnabas, when he understands this need uh, that these new believers need to uh, study God's word, be taught God's word, he takes the effort to go and look for Saul and Saul was in Tarsus which was uh, about uh, I mean more than 100 kilometers away from there and during those times you know to travel that kind of a distance and then to go and and look for Saul and find Saul and convince him and bring him back to Antioch and then together they stay in Antioch for one whole year it says in verse 26 and they teach the word together in Antioch can you imagine that you know a person who just looks at the need there and then serves the need and does everything that he can uh, to teach the word. A very, very important part of uh, being an encourager is to encourage using the word, to exhort using God's word. And what's the result of this one year of investment that uh, Barnabas and Saul make in the lives of, uh, of, of the believers at Antioch? The result is that there is a Christ-like character that gets developed there to such an extent that people around start calling these people Christ-like or like Christ Christians for the first time. Uh, and, you know, Bible historians say that it was used, uh, uh, you know, this term Christian was not used in a good way in that sense. But uh, for people around to even use an insult like that, you know, they identify that uh, this group of people are behaving like Christ. And, and that was the result of this one year of teaching investment that Barnabas and Saul had made, you know, encouraging, exhorting uh, them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts, as we read in verse 23. Another beautiful result we see in verse uh, 29 and 30 of uh, the same chapter, chapter 11. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So, um, when the believers, these new believers at Antioch, uh, they got to know that there is a need uh, that the Jewish believers have back in Jerusalem. Uh, and actually, it was those believers in Jerusalem who were a little skeptical about these new believers who had come to know the Lord from another, you know, uh, Gentile background. Uh, but when these Gentile new believers get to know about that need, they put together what they can and they send it back through Barnabas and Saul. 
what a beautiful you know circle full circle that's taken because uh, it had started with barnabas being this giver and then barnabas when he comes and he teaches you would have definitely seen a lot of that from barnabas's life and then that's invested back uh, to the for the believers in jerusalem <clears throat> so someone who uh, someone who shared from what he had uh, someone who invested in drawing people into fellowship and uniting god's people and someone who is investing into the lives of people by teaching them from god's word uh, then we see in uh, acts chapter 13 <coughs> acts chapter 13 verse uh, from verse 2 up till verse 4 While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them and sent them off the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus so here uh, we see Barnabas and Saul as being the first missionaries being sent out by the church and they go on a long multi country missionary journey the first big missionary journey and you know in in that journey paul was the primary speaker he was the one taking center stage and as we read through acts we see how you know the lord used paul so mightily uh, in all the places that they went to together but we also see barnabas always by his side right always there alongside as a co-worker and uh, in many places uh, people uh, you know look at barnabas first but we see him you know uh, giving prominence to paul and paul is the one who leads the teaching ministry as they go from place to place uh, an encourager you know we, we we see him as a person who goes alongside uh, and serves the lord together on this missionary journey um people who serve the lord definitely need a lot of encouragement there is uh, you know there's no doubt about that uh, and we see paul also uh, you know in various places uh, either appreciating those who encouraged him or uh, seeking out uh, for encouragement asking for prayer asking for encouragement uh, we read in second uh, timothy chapter 1 verse 16 where paul speaks about onesiphorus um you know very fondly and and he says that uh, he has often refreshed me you know this is the time when paul was uh, under house arrest in rome and uh, paul uses those beautiful words for onesiphorus and says that he has often refreshed me um paul also later on tells timothy you know this is where he's asking for uh, you know that emotional help and and support and he says that do your best to come to me quickly um as an as someone uh, who encourages or as someone who wants to be an encourager uh, can we look out for those who are serving the lord and be people who go alongside them sometimes uh, you know actually going alongside with them or in other cases at least uh, being with them in spirit and for them to know that uh, here is a person who is with me who is standing by me in this uh, in this missionary journey that i am taking 
uh, as I serve the Lord, uh, I have someone with me. Can those who are serving the Lord have Barnabas's like us with them? Uh, what was the result of Barnabas going alongside Paul and serving the Lord? They were able to together invest into building God's kingdom. And we know how, um, how important that journey was in how uh, the church got expanded and how the church got built from that point onwards. Uh, beautiful way in which uh, Barnabas was a source of encouragement to someone who was serving the Lord. Uh, then we see in Acts chapter uh, uh, 13, uh, again another incident where another aspect of, uh, uh, of Barnabas' encouragement and his encouraging character comes through. Uh, in verse 13, we read about uh, a person from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John, uh, and in, you know, as we read other places, we realize that his full name was John Mark. John Mark left them to return to Jerusalem. So here's a person who was going alongside uh, Barnabas and Paul, and we also from other passages realize that uh, this person was a cousin of Barnabas, but he deserts, he leaves them and he goes back uh, where he came from. Uh, and this incident actually stays on in Paul's mind and then later on when uh, he and Barnabas have to take a decision about who ought to take along with them in chapter 15 and verse 36. Sometime later Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Uh, and this is the place where uh, Barnabas decides, you know, when Paul uh, did not want to take John Mark along, uh, Barnabas decides to actually uh, take John Mark with him and go back to his hometown. Uh, verse 39, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, you know, which is where Barnabas was from. But Paul chose Silas and left. So uh, this is that one incident after which we don't hear about uh, Barnabas or about uh, John Mark in the rest of Acts. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of Acts uh, goes on to speak about uh, uh, Paul's journey and Paul's ministry. And it almost seems as if, uh, you know, Barnabas and John Mark uh, move out of uh, the equation completely. And, uh, you know, if we were to uh, only read Acts, it would seem as if, uh, uh, you know, their ministry ended. Uh, but then, uh, if you were to look at what happened about 10 years later, we look at uh, Colossians chapter 4. And verse 10 and 11. Colossians 4, 10 and 11. And that's where Paul is referring to uh, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And uh, he says that, uh, you know, he's speaking about a group of people. And then he says, these are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God and they have proved a comfort to me. So along with a group of people, uh, we find John Mark's name also there 
and Paul is speaking about uh, this person as being someone who is a fellow worker and who has provided comfort to Paul. Uh, Paul also mentions him in Philemon. Uh, you know, in Philemon verse 24, Paul says, uh, uh, And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers. So again, Paul is referring to John Mark as a fellow worker. What happened? You know, what happened from uh, Acts chapter 15 where uh, Paul felt that, uh, you know, John Mark had deserted and therefore should not go alongside and Barnabas took John Mark and went back to his uh, uh, hometown of Cyprus. And from there, you know, we don't hear about them. And then suddenly we hear about uh, John Mark, uh, you know, and Paul is referring to him as a fellow worker, as someone who comforts me. Uh, what really happened? Um, and it's not just there. Uh, when you see at the end of Paul's life, you know, when he's writing Second Timothy in chapter 4 and verse 11, uh, again, we see, uh, his reference, John Mark's reference, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry or he's profitable to me, he's useful to me. Uh, such a big transformation. Uh, you know, even uh, it's not just Paul uh, in whose life John Mark was playing this role, uh, but even in Peter's life, uh, you know, Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13 refers to John Mark as my son Mark. What is this, you know, sudden and huge transformation that had happened? Uh, would it be, you know, something that uh, just took place by itself? Uh, I believe no. Uh, Barnabas taking John Mark back with him to Cyprus and he would have invested in the life of this person who was otherwise going astray, who was otherwise wandering away, who was perhaps backsliding and uh, moving away from his commitment towards the Lord uh, and, uh, you know, would have encouraged him in God's word and, and would have encouraged him just like he encouraged the people at uh, Antioch, he would have encouraged him uh, to remain true to the Lord with all his heart. And we see that uh, result in the life of uh, uh, in the life of John Mark uh, to a level not just all of what we read but to a level where uh, uh, he ended up writing one of the gospels the gospel according to Mark uh, what a beautiful impact uh, an eternal impact into God's kingdom and an impact that uh, Barnabas would not have known when he would have perhaps uh, you know uh, pursued John Mark and invested into his life. Uh, uh, a lot of the things that you and I would do if we were to really, you know, invest in the lives of people, you know, the result would be much beyond what we can see in our own lifetime. Uh, a lot of times we don't really, you know, think about what all the Lord can do, but uh, you know, what the Lord can do if we were to just do our faithful part. Uh, it's it's uh, it's immense and it's you know mind-boggling so if till now we've been thinking that encouraging is just about saying a few sweet words then uh, my hope is that through the life of Barnabas we would uh, understand that when the Lord asks us to encourage when the Lord says therefore encourage one another and build each other up uh, it's not just about saying a few words uh, it's a lot more 
it takes a lot more uh, and it's not just a suggestion if it's a command then will you and i be willing especially in times such as these where uh, we all need encouragement where there are so many uh, who will increasingly you know in times to come need encouragement will we be willing to uh, encourage and how do we do that in encouragement you know from the life of barnabas this this archetype this great example of encouragement uh, what we learn from his life is that encouragement involves sharing what we have sharing our lives sharing our possessions sharing our homes um, sharing our experiences sharing our time uh, be willing to open and share our lives with those who really need uh, it involves uh, drawing people into fellowship right looking out for those who might not be feeling uh, a part of the fellowship and and finding ways of bringing them in uh, encouraging those who are in the fellowship to reach out and to draw uh, those who are on the sidelines to draw them in it involves teaching the word exhorting with the word encouraging people to really cling on to the lord it involves going alongside with those who serve the lord in the mission field it involves restoring those who are wandering away who are slipping away who are straying away and what's the result as we share what the lord has given us then brothers and sisters in our fellowship will get taken care of their needs will get taken care of uh, when we draw people on the fringes on the sides into the fellowship then we break man made boundaries and we bring people together uh, in the name of the lord and people will see the love that we have and they will know that we are the lord's disciples when we teach the word yeah when we teach the word formally when we when we share from the word informally and and we just you know uh, share with people uh, what the lord has taught us from the word uh, then people come to the faith people get saved and uh, and people become uh, disciples of the lord jesus christ and and they start displaying christ like character that's the result uh, when we go alongside those who are serving the lord in the mission field then what's the result we together with them build god's kingdom when we restore those who stray away uh, those who are wandering away what's the result the result is an eternal impact which you and i might never be able to see in our lifetime so uh, as we learn through the life of barnabas and as also we are taught in first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14 uh, let us warn those who are idle let us uh, encourage those who are timid let us help the weak and let us be patient with everyone that all kind of sums up being an encourager can you and i be a barnabas to someone can you and i look out for uh, these opportunities to really encourage others who are in need of encouragement because it's not a suggestion from the lord it's a command from the lord first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 therefore encourage one another and build each other up can we be intentional in our involvement in the lives of others you know may the end goal be that we will build each other up in the ways of the lord may the lord help us to uh, have this attitude you know to have this attitude 
like that of Barnabas and may the Lord recognize that and uh, call us as people who are encouragers. May that be a name that the Lord gives for us. Here's my son, here's my daughter, he or she, uh, you know, I have placed in this assembly as an encourager. May the Lord use us to encourage each other and build each other up. Shall we pray? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for this uh, uh, wonderful example that you have given us from the life of Barnabas. Lord, as we look at various aspects of his life, Lord, we Lord, we just see, Lord, how he invested into the lives of people, how he really uh, looked for opportunities to uh, show your love to them, O Master. Lord, uh, and it's so beautiful to know, Lord, that this character quality shown through so beautifully in his life, Lord, that of being an encourager, Lord, and there were so many facets of that. Uh, Lord, that we that we see in His life, O oh Lord, and we just pray, O oh Lord, that uh, we would be intentional about this, O oh Lord, that we would realize that uh, being an encourager is not just about uh, saying some sweet words, O oh Lord, but that it goes beyond, O oh Lord, that uh, uh, that it 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 requires us, uh, Lord, to really invest into the lives of others, O oh Master, and that we would be willing to do it because it is what You ask of us, O oh Master. Help us to encourage each other and build each other up of our Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.